0: When was the last time you stayed in the complete darkness for several days? Have you ever seen your nervous system light up in the pitch black? How about when you're meditating, but your eyes are open and you're up and about, and your mental content projects itself into the room and literally comes alive so you can walk around inside your own mind? No? Never happened to you before? Hmm. All right, you check out. You're allowed to watch the rest of this episode. We're going to be talking about dark room retreats and also how far back in human history using the darkness as a tool to expand consciousness truly goes. Smash that like button, comment below, share the video far and wide, subscribe to this channel and get ready for a deep dive right here on Waking Infinity News. Welcome back to Waking Infinity News, I'm your host, Ben Joseph Stewart. Today, we're going to be talking about darkness as a tool for conscious expansion. Now, I'm not talking about evil darkness, I'm talking about actual open your eyes and yet it still looks like your eyes are closed, real darkness, and using this as a tool for some kind of spiritual or divine effect. I'm working on a film right now. I can't give you guys the details yet, but I'm going balls deep on all the effects on the mind and the body and potentially a spiritual path of darkness as a tool, but extended stays in the dark. There are so many traditions, and I want to share with you a bunch of the traditions and how far back they actually go into history and how far across the globe These traditions actually go using darkness as the bedrock of their initiation tools to expand consciousness. The Kogi, natives of northern Colombia, in the mountains, they hand-select initiates to go into dark caves for the first nine years of their lives. So they don't even see the light until they're past nine years old. Their mothers feed and nurture them and also help train these children to become attuned to what is known as aluna, They become mamus, which are higher, more like priests than actual shamans. And a luna that they are attuning to is the great mother, the mother archetype. Darkness, the receptive principle. Imagine going into the darkness for nine years of your life. Now imagine being nine years old and having never seen light, and you come out as a mamu, a high priest, and you can see things in the night sky. Most people cannot. That's pretty incredible. Now, knowing that darkness brings about a whole flood of different neurochemistry and hormonal chemistry inside the body, imagine that you go through in your formative years, while your brain is really locking itself into place, that these children have become so attuned to the dark that it is a part of their life forever. That's incredible. Going further, there's the Dzogchen tradition inside Tibetan Buddhism. And these individuals have what's called dream yoga. And in dream yoga, they do these dark retreats for 49 days, if not longer, with careful supervision. You have to be a certain kind of an adept to be able to take people through these kinds of retreats so you know how to deal in the same way that a shaman knows how to deal with somebody on a plant medicine who's going through some kind of exorcism. You need to know the same, almost in the same exact kind of way if you're gonna take someone through a dark retreat. Why? Because a lot of the chemicals that flood the brain and the body actually happen to be psychoactive and psychedelic chemicals. The interesting thing about this is for the ancient Dzogchen uh, Tibetan Buddhists, what they would actually do, mind you, they didn't go into houses and just black out the windows and stay in there for a while, no. They were in high mountain caves, sometimes up around 20,000 foot elevation. So they were battling things like not enough food, not enough water, not enough oxygen, and probably kinda cold. Deep in caves, You're not going to get as cold, but still, imagine, all those conditions combined, and now you may understand where this entire Dzogchen tradition comes from. It's brilliant. Some say that the mysteries of Isis in Egypt used the tombs and caverns underneath the pyramids for ritual purification from the sun. The Druids have their own darkness traditions, which could account for the ancient site of Newgrange, druidic oral tradition states that the spiritual and magical training of a druid in which he is eaten by a goddess enters her belly and is reborn as the greatest poet in the land in the cult of mithras it is all centered around the Mithraeum, and the Mithraeum is an adapted cave it's something that simulates a cave-like environment And the initiates would go in there, and that's where they would touch the divine. They would get into contact with Mithras, this deity, this other-dimensional being with high intelligence that speaks to them through use of the Mithraeum. Now, there were other things, but this was at the core of their traditions. So that was the cult of Mithras. Now, if you go to the Eleusinian Mysteries, we know about this it lasted for 2000 years, which is a long, long frickin' time to have one tradition going on. There was this beverage called Kaikion, and it was punishable by death. If you knew the ingredients of it and you allowed that, I don't know, recipe to come out to the people, you would actually be killed for spilling that secret. But Another cornerstone of the Eleusinian mysteries is what is called the Telestrian, which is also an adapted cave that initiates would go into in complete darkness, and they would have flashes of light and big sounds and music come in and very disoriented. And this is how they would bring people deeper into the mysteries so they could touch the divine. Interestingly, in later years, the Mithraeum of the Mithras cult were largely converted to Christian crypts beneath the churches, from the Greco-Roman traditions all the way to the Shinto in the Old World. And then in the New World, we have the Chumash Indians around San Diego, and in caves they would have these images of Datura plants. And we know that they're Datura because there were chewed Datura leaves plugged into these holes inside them. So they were tripping out on Detura, which is a deliriant, inside of a dark cave to bring on probably very spiritual experiences. All the way to the Maya and other Central and South American indigenous that would use darkness and caves for their initiation rites. The old world, the new world, all around the world, very, very far back in history, we can find that There were traditions using darkness as a technology for the expansion of consciousness. There are even caves where you have to crawl almost inaccessible to even small statured people to get to. You have to crawl 500 meters in complete darkness to eventually arrive at places where there were cave paintings, very beautiful ones. So who did they do those cave paintings for? a lot of academics would say well it was for the gods because they would meet the gods inside these caves and this was a big part of ancient traditions inside caves was where the gods and other spirits lived and you could commune with them now imagine it took some people this long to realize as they were crawling through there they had a torch and that torch was also consuming oxygen so as they would get there it was off-gassing smoke and it was also stealing a lot of the oxygen. So they would go into hypoxia. They would have a little bit of a shock from the combusted material coming off of their torch. And they're also in darkness and they would stay there for quite some time, getting extremely high on their own supply and having this mystical experience. This is incredible. This isn't to deny mysticism. This is actually showing that mysticism is a science that is accessible to everyone. You don't need to be a Tibetan Buddhist. You actually can find these traditions all the way today. Throughout the 90s, this man named Ananda Bozeman even trained Montak Chia in the darkness retreats. So Montak could go out and teach other people how this releases DMT, both 5-MEO and N,N-DMT, and then a bunch of other MAOIs, like you will find in ayahuasca, for this endahuasca experience inside the dark for extended stays. So Ananda Bozeman, frickin' incredible, very intelligent, you listen to him, he's got so much to offer. But let's go a little bit deeper into what he believes the darkness is actually doing to our psyche, and what kind of use it has in our spiritual pursuit. Ananda was doing darkroom retreats in the early 90s. He says that for the first few days, darkness is all about ego death, and actually just catching up on sleep and rejuvenating. But by day eight, a huge spike in endogenous DMT and 5-MeO DMT occurs, creating fantastic visuals. He also speaks of the ayahuasca vine analogs such as penaline secreted from the pineal gland, which resonates at eight hertz and synchronizes the hemispheres of the brain. As these visuals emerge, the darkness becomes actually quite vibrant and colorful, not empty and vacant, but alive with mental stuff. Apparently, you begin to externalize your dreams while you are awake. You project your meditation into the darkness and it comes to life. You literally get to walk around inside your own mind. According to Ananda, the pineal gland can even detect UV and infrared light, as well as sound waves, and translate them into visual imagery. You can see your own nervous system, he says. You will look at a chair in the complete darkness and you can see it, but you will also see every single chair you have ever seen. It taps into the Akashic archetypal representations of physical stuff outside of us to show that we are actually living in a holographic reality. In order to use this in the best way, he says, you have to actually be guided to consciously reprogram your subconscious mind with the proper guidance. Now, as far out as this sounds, don't get cynical, don't get skeptical to the point to where you push out the concepts that are being alluded to here. Ananda Bozeman has actually done these darkroom retreats. He has actually done everything except for double blind scientific experiments. He has taken volunteers into these spaces. These volunteers have done the very same medicines that they say it seems like we're experiencing without ingesting anything, 5-MeO-DMT, DMT, among other psychoactives that are probably produced within as much as in the natural kingdom. So the cynics would say, well, there's no scientific evidence for it. So that makes that pseudoscience. Well, it's not exactly pseudoscience because most people who would say it's pseudoscience have not actually experimented on their own consciousness. And they haven't actually taken a look at it. They're just saying, well, I don't see the evidence, so it must not be here. I know these are large claims around going into the darkness, your pineal gland, seeing infrared, UV light. You can actually see your nervous system, reprogram your mind, and walk around inside your own meditations. Sounds fantastic. But when was the last time you did 49 days or more inside the dark? So Let's be open-minded towards this. Let's also realize that in the Dzogchen tradition, you need to be an adept before you can take people through these kinds of initiations because people can have some kind of psychological break. So in order to do this, don't just try it at home. Get in touch with the professional because it's not only going to help you stay safe, it's actually going to help you optimize the experience so you get deeper into the potential for consciousness expansion and for a spiritually divine experience. I promise you, you will not want to miss the deeper dive. I'm gonna go into some deeper things that are very free and available to everybody around, maybe not entirely free, but a lot more free than a dark room retreat. And there are ways that you can match shorter periods of darkness, such as intermittent fasting, getting over time the same effects as fasting, Shorter periods of time inside the darkness using breath techniques, the yogic breath techniques, different ones that you'll get from Dr. Andrew Huberman, Wim Hof, Steg Severinson, as well as movement training, and also binaural beats and frequencies around the 8 hertz range or multiples of it, like 432. This is part of the awakening protocols and goes extremely deep, so there still needs to be some guidance. but over in the deeper dive, if you go to benjosephstuart.com, become a member, you'll get access to all my deeper dives, and I'm starting to get more into practical applications of all of these things that I'm bringing to you in front of the paywall right here on Waking Infinity News. So, so glad you can come. Tell me about your experiences in the Discord chat group. The link is below, and I'll catch you guys next time on Waking Infinity News.